Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, welcome back to Inside the Lunch Table. Before we even get started, I want you guys to do me a favor, hit pause, hop over to Twitter, hit follow at Inside the Lunch Room. We would really appreciate that. All of our episodes are right there for you guys. Y'all go ahead and hit like, follow, retweet all those episodes, get them pumping. Anyways, let's get to business, gentlemen. Are we doing okay on this fine Monday? I don't even care. We got lots to talk about. Let's get straight into it. Uh, first, <laughs> we want to start. Yeah, we appreciate, wanna... <laughs> you. appreciate you too. I hope you. I hope you. I hope you had a good weekend as well. Kevin. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was. It was pretty good until Von Miller got dealt this morning, and so we're gonna start right there, gentlemen. Uh, the Los Angeles Rams are playing chess while the rest of the NFL keeps playing checkers, and. Uh, I really the Von Miller one is just shocking to me, gentlemen. This defense is loaded. They 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 could use Von Miller, but there are 31 teams in the NFL who definitely should have made arguments and gotten in on Von Miller. I don't know like why, how that even developed. It happened overnight. Uh, my Cowboys didn't even get a chance. I know Mike Saints would have loved him. Mike or Kaz Vike, it shit anybody would have loved him. And yeah, this yeah. developed really fast overnight. Guys, like I said, the Rams are proving to us that I, I really feel like the value in draft picks are, is dead, gentlemen. I feel like if you can go out and get talent, you have to do it. The, the Rams keep moving off their draft picks, and they just keep making this defense better and better. And I, 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 as a Cowboy fan, I'm upset that we weren't even in the conversation. Like, I didn't even know Von Miller was up, like, on the chopping board. Where's our GM at making those calls? He clearly wasn't. I'm upset, gentlemen. Give me some live reaction to Von Miller. Yeah, I'm upset as well. Our GM, uh, Mickey Loomis, I don't know if he didn't set his alarm or what, what happened. We felt <laughs> Boy said he slept through the call. Yeah, he slept. He we slept on that one because we definitely oh, man. with Mario oh, Davis man. and Quan Alexander. Ooh, that would have been nice, but it's okay to dream, isn't it? How about mm. you, Kev? Uh, yeah, I it, listen. I I don't know if uh, I'm a big uh, um, Von Miller pro, uh, production guy. He's, you know, we were saying that I said this before the show. I feel like he's more of a JJ Watt guy. He's an elite and he's a Hall of Fame player. Um, but obviously, he's not the guy that he was five years ago. Yeah, he's not but Super Bowl MVP anymore. But I think a lot of it, especially with this Rams team, man, he that locker room, especially adding a guy like Von Miller who's played in Super Bowls and has been there and done that. and Out of excuses, you know, no more. It's just, uh, to me, it was, a, I, it was a great trade for Von Miller. I, I don't know. I, I guess that there's – what are they, the 2022 draft pick? Yeah, um, they, they – I'm they, right there. I, I'm right there with you, Calvin. I am right there with you, especially no offense to all the players who are coming out this, this year, but this next year's draft is going to be terrible. Terrible. Uh, I meah. mean, really, the, the guys that are going to be uh, big time is is the D lineman from Michigan, and then you've got like Chris Olave and Garrett Wilson. Uh, but <laughs> it, it's it, guys, it's let not me tell you, draft. I don't know anybody that watches more college football than this fan right here. If he's telling you there's not going to be talent, there's not going to be talent. And this is, and I think we're at a point now where this goes across sports. I really do believe that if you are still banking on the draft, you are going to yeah. be rebuilding for the rest of your sports team's history. Uh, the Atlanta Braves right now, I, we talked about this one even before our pre-meeting. Uh, the Atlanta Braves at the beginning of, or at the trade deadline of the MLB season were damn straight average. Even with Ronald Acuna healthy, they were average. They went out on the deadline and they acquired three guys who are absolutely raking in the World Series yep. right now. Three uh -huh. of them. They won the World Series courtesy of now granted uh, my Astros still have a shot but I'm going to be honest with you guys they won the World Series because they moved at the deadline if we look at the year before that the Dodgers won the World Series because they made the Mookie deal there's no way around that uh, Jalen Ramsey to the Rams automatically makes them better those two whoever the Jags picked with those two picks I couldn't even tell you who they are they're not Trevor Lawrence so therefore they don't matter 
like it, I just <laughs> I can't make an argument for sitting on my draft picks when I could have moved and get got Von Miller. Like that especially, really does bug especially me. especially like a second day draft pick. You know, yes, like yes. Oh, you know, man. for for the chances of you finding a Tom Brady are small. And don't get me wrong, like I, and a lot of times, you know, you still have draft busts that are on the in the first round on the first day, but exactly. If you've got a guy who's already proven in the, like, that's the hard part of proving that you belong in the NFL. And if you've got that and uh, you, you, you can acquire that and give away a pick when you got no idea, a, who the player is going to be and B, if they'll be able to produce, then, you know, and especially now I feel like the Rams are in a win now situation. You know what I'm saying? Like they need to win now. Facts. Well, let me tell you, speaking of that, uh, what do you think Deshaun Jackson's stock is looking like? He's uh he's requested a trade. He's, um, he's done or D Jack. Uh, let's go inside the locker room on this one. Um, I don't know what's going on with D Jack because what what everybody says is that he's very much like Sean McVay's check piece. You know, like Sean McVay loves him. He's the secret weapon. He's the Swiss Army knife. Sean McVay's good to him, and Sean McVay explained the role before he signed the contract. Like, he explained to him, hey, listen, we got Cooper Cup, Robert Woods, Van Jefferson, Higby. Like, we got a lot of weapons. Everybody's got to eat. And apparently, D-Jack didn't get that message. I don't – L.A. is not actively shopping him. Now, granted, they weren't actively shopping Von Miller and traded for him in the middle of the morning. So, I guess D-Jack could be gone tomorrow. But I, I don't – it doesn't sound like they want to trade him. It sounds more like he wants to get traded. So, it's interesting to see. Uh, your Saint should be a player in on him. I really think y'all should. Right. Uh, exactly. That's why I brought it up. Uh, who else? I, I, ahead, I think he's he's still a deep threat guy. So I mean, he's he's definitely not. You know, you're not going to get. Yeah, he's not your first. One. You're not yeah. going to get a first rounder guy from him. Uh, but he can absolutely, especially on a lot of teams, he could be a number two receiver for sure. In, Just in take, take the top off. Right, deep threat guys are. I mean, they're they're still valuable. Been they're more valuable now than they've ever been. So um, I think that I mean, if they do trade him, then I think that they'll get a. You know, maybe maybe they're going to get the second day pick back uh, from from trading DJ, but I like his, I like his role in, in uh, LA. I don't know why he wants to leave. I don't yeah. Know. I'm the same way. I, I think, I think they're giving him a really good situation right there. Um, like I said, go guys, just keep your ears open. We're going to have lots of people uh, on the move with the NFL deadline fastly approaching. And we're going to talk, we'll talk anytime somebody gets moved. Y'all join us. We'll talk about it. Guys, I want to move us towards Sunday night football. Kath, I want to get some reaction from our diehard Vikings fan. Kath, talk to me about some Kirk Cousins this fine Monday morning. Oh, boy. Man, listen, I only wish that the people who are listening now were a part of <laughs> are a part <laughs> of our conversations that we have throughout the game. Um, <laughs> I mean, it was, it was terrible. Here's – and, and I've known this for a while. In my job, I've, I've been a Vikings fan for a, a long, long time, and I'm I'm not sold on Kirk Cousins. I've I've never ever been sold on Kirk Cousins. Um, I've I've never been, and here's when I was never sold on Kirk Cousins was whenever Case Keenan did came in and did the exact same job, if not better than Kirk Cousins, and it shows you right there that number one, Stefanski was phenomenal. Yeah. Number two, we have weapons, uh, and and we have very good players around them. We will never be a Super Bowl team with Kirk Cousins. It's just, it, it's not, it's not going to happen. He's got concrete for feet. He can't move. He can't move around. He's, he's got terrible pocket presence. Uh, and, and I was waiting the entire game to blow the game open. Like, and he missed throws left and right. And he continued to make just absolutely just ridiculous, dumb decisions. Uh, I mean, all credit to the Cowboys. I thought the Cowboys played like crap yesterday. Um, 
outside of Cooper Rush, but I mean, the, the, what summed it up was whenever Justin Jefferson had like a little fade route, uh, he was wide open and Kirk Cousins missed him. I mean, there was nobody in, in, in his area code and it wasn't like Kirk Cousins was getting pressured. No, he just missed him. Like you cannot miss that in the NFL. If you're getting paid $20 million a year, you've got to be able to hit wide open guys. And, and, and he overthrew him like bad. And Justin Jefferson is quick. Right. And he's got great <laughs> hands so he can make a lot of plays look better uh, than, than what they are. And he still didn't he, he still couldn't just throw it on a line. I, I, I just I don't understand. Like, I'm tired of I'm tired of seeing Kirk Cousins take snaps behind behind our offensive line. Uh, we've got a Super Bowl t- roster like genuinely. And I'm not saying this because I'm a homer. Right. Yeah. Adam. Th- you have Adam Thielen and Justin Jefferson, two phenomenal receivers. You've got a top three running back in Dalvin Cook. Our right. O-line is terrible, but our, in our, but our defense is competent. What so, um, is the issue? Let's uh, – I, I agree with um, almost everything he said. Uh, this Vikings team is – this is a hell of a football team, guys, uh, roster-wise and everything. I think the problem with this team can be summed up with no more than I'm going to read you two guys' stat lines. Last night against a very average Cowboys secondary, Justin Jefferson had two get- catches for 21 yards. Adam Thielen had six for 78. Let me tell you, gentlemen, those eight, they only had eight catches between the two, and it had absolutely nothing to do with the defense absolutely nothing the fact that Justin Jefferson only caught two balls last night is abysmal this man was probably open on 88 percent of plays 90 percent of plays this man was he was routing he was routing up Diggs, like absolutely routing him up Trayvon Diggs was having issues last night I'll agree with him on that one uh every time that like Thielen had two big balls like where he got open and Kirk Cousins delivered and he turned him into 30 yard plays like, I mean, like, all, all Kirk had to do was deliver the, the balls last night, and the game was theirs. Like, I do not uh, – if you're – like, if, if I'm sitting in the Minnesota front office, last night was all you needed to know. You couldn't beat a backup quarter – like, you played a good football team, yes, but they had a their backup quarterback on the road. At home. This at game home. should have been over in the first quarter, and I thought it was going to be – I thought it was going to be 21-0 at the first quarter. Like, I Man, watched the first we, drive. Listen, we, we scored on the first drive, and I was like – it's over, man. Wrap I was getting up. ready. I was getting and, ready and, to watch then, the World Series. Same. And and then and then Greg missed the field goal. And I was like, Yeah. That, okay. We were helping you. We were trying, like, we were doing everything we could to yes. get blown out last night. And you <laughs> gave us enough time to get to the locker room. And Cooper Rush just got a little bit comfy. He didn't look great, but he was good enough to be, to keep us in the game. And in the second half, I mean, you gave him a chance and he ended up making a couple of plays. Now, granted, he uh, he's Cooper Rush. He was he's an average quarterback. This game, I'm just disappointed in the Vikings, man. Like this is a game that you should have blown this team out. We should have come on yep. here. We should have been high Vikings praise, high Vikings praise. I mean, they they took the running backs out the game with the backup quarterback Zeke, 16, 50 yards, 3.1 a carry. Pollard, seven for 26, 3.7 a carry. They took the running backs out the game, and instead, Cooper Rush threw for 325. While Kirk Cousins threw for a buck eighty four, you have got to be I wanna, pissing me right now. I want to I want to harp on one more thing that I really had an issue with, um, especially towards the after halftime. You know, obviously, uh, you're not going to press. You're not going to press. Uh, what what's his name? Ceedee Lamb because he's he's way too explosive and way just too elite to press him and and go one on one with him. The only issue team. that I had the only issue that I had with it was the times that we covered him. We doubled him. Now, I understand. Trust me, I get it. You've got CeeDee Lamb and Amari Cooper that you have to account for. I just w- wish I would have liked to see more, uh, especially 
where CD was getting. I mean, there was there was a drive when CD caught a ball, two balls in a row, uh, where where there was not a, a single defender. If you're if you're if you're gonna double Amari Cooper, then put your best put your best defensive back on uh, CD Lamb. If you're gonna double CD Lamb, put your best defensive back on on Amari Cooper. And there's other ways to work around it. Whenever we were talking about Arizona and the cover two man, that's what they should have played. They should have yes. played. The, I, I yes. wish that they would have played cover two man a little a, a little bit more. Our linebackers can our linebackers can run, so we we can take Tony Pollard and Ezekiel Elliott out. And listen, they weren't running the football. Our defensive line played great. They, they oh yeah, we beat you with well. the pass. There's no way around that. I mean, if we so, look at these numbers, eight grabs, 122 for Amari Cooper, six grabs, 112 for CD Lamb, three grabs, 84 yards for Cedric Wilson. That's the game right there. That's all we needed. Right. So that, I, I wish the Zimmer he he I, he lost us the game in in calling that double timeout. Uh, but but I also did not like. Uh, his, yeah, his I was gonna say we can blame the refs too for the double timeout though. I yeah, know. we yes we it, was, I will absolutely. That was a weird this. one, really weird. Listen, one. I I said this on Snapchat yesterday, and I'm gonna I'm gonna say it again. The NFL should be disappointed in the product that was put on on the field yesterday. Oh man, it was embarrassing. It was terrible. I mean, we, we, we the, the NBA is making steps. Like the NBA referee, like this season, there's no way around it. They're making steps. It's better absolutely. to watch. The basketball's better. The competition's better. Uh, nobody's raining threes anymore. I know some of y'all will notice that three point shootings way down props to the NBA NFL. You suck. Roger Goodell. Uh, speaking of which, we're going to have a special piece on Roger Goodell coming out either Wednesday or Friday when we drop some bombs on him. But uh, th this man is terrible <laughs> at what he does. The NFL refs are terrible at what they do. Like, the, the whole idea of being the ref is not to be the focal point, right? You want to see people talking about you Correct. every single week. We could talk, we could do a whole show about how crappy NFL refs are. Yeah. It's a business. Oh, and don't, hey, hey, and don't get, don't even get me. I see, I'm getting angry now. Don't even get me started <laughs> on the commentating. Guys, let me tell you something. The two, the two guys know this. I had to mute the TV <laughs> because it was just it, it, all it was. And this is a theme around sports, right? And especially whenever I watched the Tech game, whenever we got absolutely blown out by OU, all they continued to talk about was how oh how good OU of a how good of a football team OU is and 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 crapping on Tech, and they did the same thing in this in this Vikings game. They kept crapping on us. They kept saying everything well about uh, Dallas, everything that you mm -hmm. could possibly ever think about that they did well, even though they played a crappy game, penalties out the rear end, blown coverages, uh, just just app just. Bad game, bad overall game, and I don't care that they had the backup quarterback in. He threw for 325 yards. Hags, Dak, yeah, he did his Dak, part. Dak Prescott probably could have thrown for maybe 420, 450, but but Cooper Rush wasn't the issue why they played bad yesterday. Because um, let me do one. We'll touch one more on the Vikings, then we'll move on. Um, Vikings fans, there's no way around this. Uh, if we go deeper into the box score, third down, you're one for 13. That's a Kirk yep. Cousins problem. Yards per play, uh -huh. 4.6. That's a Kirk Cousins problem. Um, passing, why did you only throw 177 passing yards against this? Like, I just don't understand it, Vikings fans. I don't understand why, like, the game Because plan, we got three and outs because we were one yeah. for 13 on third down. That, that, that's, it's impossible to win. You don't beat anybody when you're one for 13. That's the, that's the best way to lose to a backup quarterback. While we're on backup right. quarterbacks, uh, somebody else had a backup quarterback that got some action on Sunday who might have even been the backup to the backup quarterback. Right. And for some reason, they beat my MVP candidate. Um, <laughs> Tampa Tom was not MVP on Sunday. He was far from it. He was um, uh, shaking in his boots, Tom, on Sunday. I don't know what James happened. did tear his ACL, by the way. Yes. He is, uh, he is indeed out for the season. 
Uh, Mike did lose Jameis wins. Coin flip, Jameis. Uh, lots of love for you, coin flip. We wish you a fast, speedy recovery. You are a big-time favorite of this show. We love you, coin flip. Get well soon. Mike, tell me what's next for your Saints, and tell me how good that win was on Sunday. It was a great win. Our defense, um, most importantly, we were able to get off the field, create turnovers, and uh, stop them on third down a few times. We had a few times. We had a few, uh, little bit of trouble with Chris Godwin coming out of that slot, that slot role, and he, um, I think he had, like, eight catches for like 140 or something like that we uh, wanted to have yeah so, eight for 140 for a touchdown but hey Marshawn Lattimore can't guard everybody you know what I mean yeah that's right. and he did a hell of a job against Mike Evans too Mike he, Evans. Catches. He, gave a, he gave up a touchdown for the first time in five games against the Bucks. so that's yeah. not bad that's not bad I, I I can live with that but uh definitely our defense we can credit it to our defense and uh Simeon did a good job of managing you know so he didn't he, lose the game I love yeah, to see that correct. he didn't lose exactly. the game he just managed the game. That's all he had to do. And our defense really, you know, brought us through, especially with the pick six on the final drive of the game. Yeah, so. for sure. Um, but watching your Saints, uh, I was I was impressed with your Saints because, like I said, um, for those of you who don't know football, this Saints team is rolling with a shell of himself. Um, yeah. Kevin White hadn't played football in three years. He was a starting receiver last night. Uh, Deontay mm -hmm. Harris is a return specialist. Traquan Smith, a specialty guy. Uh Marquez Callaway, same thing. Uh, three balls a game. That's his specialty. This team is playing with a bunch of, I don't want to say average weapons, but that's what they are. Outside of AK, yeah. um, Jameis is standing around a bunch of average weapons. And this team, props to Sean Payton for finding ways to win games. This defense keeps showing up, Mike. And, mm, um, Sean Payton yeah. almost lost in the game. I'll give you that one. But yeah, my he biggest, has some questionable, questionable ones in there. My uh, my thing to take from this game, now granted, Tampa Bay struggled with the offense. I was really glad to see Tampa Bay continue to stop the run. Uh, they did a good job with Alvin Kamara. He didn't beat them last night, uh, or I guess it was more like last afternoon. So I was glad to see that from the Bucs. But at the end of the day, the Bucs' biggest issue was they – I don't know what it is about these Saints, but you gave up 36 points to a Jameisless Saints team, which some of those points came courtesy of the defense – Tom Brady, whose specialty is supposed to be game-winning drives, had it. He lost the game. I mean, he had his chance. Out of all the things that happened in this game, the the last possession belonged to Tom Brady, and he sent it uh, to a white and gold uniform running for six points in the other direction. So I, I was disappointed <laughs> well, listen, in my bugs, man. I really was. Brady threw for three seventy-five and four TDs. Now mm -hmm. he he had two interceptions um, and, a, and a fumble and a fumble, uh, and Curtis a fumble, fumble courtesy of my guy uh, Cam Jordan. But yeah, ahead. it was a great play by Cam Jordan too. I'll give you some love for that one. I mean, I watched the game a little bit. You know, I was doing some school stuff, and I, and I get home and I look on ESPN and hell, the Saints were winning. I was like, what yeah. In the world? <laughs> um, but but what, here's the only t the only negative that I have against the Saints was was Sean playing Sean Payton's play coming at the very end yeah. the drive the drive before uh they gave the ball back to Tom Brady your third your your first and goal uh and Tampa Bay's got two timeouts I mean that's an automatic run. Yeah. why are you throwing the football I'll give you that one he tries two in a row two in a row correct and in a row and they both went incomplete so no time right. off the clock right so I mean they they ended up what did they waste they wasted like I think it was sixteen seconds, like 20, 30, 16 seconds. Yeah, and they wasted like sixteen seconds, and and they still had a timeout left. So if Brady would have made a better decision on <laughs> throwing the football, he almost threw a pick to play before too. Let's yeah. not forget about that. So uh, if he would have made a better decision there, then uh, they Saints apps and and then Saints lose a game, and that's a hundred percent on on Sean Payton. I'm sorry. Yeah, I'll give you be. that one. If, yeah, if that the Saints would have lost, it definitely would have been Sean's fault. 
yeah, we would have been having a totally different conversation here uh, this morning or afternoon, I guess. But yeah, definitely. And um, thank uh, Mike, you. talk to me about a uh, plan going forward. What's the QB plan? Oh, so. So given that Taysom and Jameis did uh, fight for the starting job in the preseason, it might it might go to Taysom, but his gadget role in our offense is a really big role. So they might uh, stick with Simi, uh, Trevor Simeon. But if not, um, they say that we watch us for going after uh, Cam Newton. So hey. should be Cam Newton's the best one on the market right now, and I think Cam Newton plays just like Jameis Winston does. Is as crazy, uh, but yeah. you don't have to you don't have to change your offense up very much. I like that better than um, Taysom Nick Hill. Foles, just because Taysom no Hill. love for Nick no. Foles, gentlemen. None. Super Bowl MVP no. sitting on a bench. No, I think I think no. he um you know I think he's he's had his time. Everybody Cam is better than him. Yeah, I think, yeah, I think I think Cam's a better choice too. I'll give you that. Choice. I won't I won't push back too hard on that one. Oh, Sean uh, Payton, he's let, he let us go out with um practice squad receivers this whole season, so he's going to be like, yeah, Trevor Simeon. I think he can get the job done, and we're gonna we're gonna be looking at a first round. <laughs> if that's the case, we're going to be looking at a first round exit this year. So, well, let's uh, go. Uh, let's take a look at the Saints' schedule real quick, and let's figure out games that are winnable by Trevor Simeon, none. because I, I don't think your schedule is that tough. Uh, obviously, you have Buffalo, the Bucks again, but uh, my Cowboys. Um, but the other games are Falcons, Eagles, uh, Jets, Jets, Dolphins, Panthers, and Falcons. So, I mean, you've got a lot of division teams. I don't know what Carolina looks like because they're so inconsistent. Same thing with Atlanta, so inconsistent. Um, I, I think you're going to get into the playoffs, though, Mike. It might be a stumbling effort, but I think you're going to get in. Yeah, I think so. But if we stick with Simeon as our quarterback, man, I, you will, I, I yeah, you'll be first getting round the exit. barn doors getting blown you've off got, you in the playoffs. You've got to go get somebody. I, I, I don't, yeah, I don't see how you don't go and get somebody. It's like I let's lock, let's look at the top of the conference and go one, two, three, four. You're gonna look at um, what Arizona, the Bucks, the Cowboys, and then the Packers. Those are we'll all four teams. Yeah, they'll put forty points hey, up on hey, you in a heartbeat. Hey, so hey, we did, we did forty. Uh, 38-3, the Packers week one. That bro. is true. I'll give you that. It's been a long time since that, and Jameis Winston wasn't around for that game. Yeah, that is Not true. the same I, Packers I, team. I yeah, and, and Aaron Rodgers was still on Jeopardy. He hadn't quite come on over to the NFL yet. <laughs> those, those State Farm commercials, he was yeah, shooting those. He, so. he was having too much fun with the Rodgers rate. Forgot that he had to rate up some defenses. but that's, he, uh, that's, fair, that's fair. That's fair. I just had to throw that out there, though. No, don't get me wrong. I think your defense is competent enough to keep you in the games. It's just in the playoffs, man. Points become so much more scarce, and you do not yeah. want a guy at tre- like a guy like Trevor Simeon being your QB. That's the only reason why I agreed about the Cam Newton idea. Hey, listen, you you want to talk about a you want to talk about a quarterback here uh, that that gets too much TV time outside of football? Can we move over to Baker Mayfield and how absolutely yeah. terrible he played? Grill him, go for yeah, it. He played terrible. Uh, ben Roethlisberger, I played him. Okay, let, let me just a shell of Ben Roethlisberger, Hall of Fame quarterback. Don't get me wrong, he is. He'll probably be first ballot too, but this is not the Big Ben that there was five years ago. No, no, no. This is a completely different Big Ben. And not only is this a completely different Big Ben, this is a terrible Steelers team. How they're mm. four and three, I don't know. Mm. Honestly, I, I've got no clue. And then how they beat the Browns, who at the beginning of the year were, were a Super Bowl pick with, mm. with the best offensive line in the game, yep. two great receivers, a, a phenomenal mm. defensive line. Where was all of this at? Like I And, and then Nick Chubb, they stopped the run. They did. Uh, and... Here's they held Baker Mayfield teams. to two. They felt they they held Baker Mayfield to two twenty five. Had a fifty four mm-hmm. Q, uh, 
QBR. That's absolutely horrendous. Yeah, that's terrible. I'll tell you, um, he gets some knocks. Baker Mayfield was bad. Uh, let's give some love. I'm going to give love to two safeties. It's kind of a weird one. Safeties don't get a lot of love. Minka Fitzpatrick was great on Sunday. Shout out to him. Uh, mm-hmm. Kevin Bayard uh, with the Tennessee Titans is going to be your first team all pro. He might, he probably should be getting love for defensive player of the year, but unfortunately he plays in Tennessee for the Titans. He ended the game on Sunday, picked off Kirk Cousins. It was a great play. Kevin Bayard, you're having an all pro season. We see you on inside the lunch table. Don't worry, big bro. Lots of love guys. Next we have a very, very special first time gig inside the lunch table. We're about to do something we haven't done yet. It's going to be great. We have a sit-down interview. My college football specialist, Jonathan Kath, sat down for 15 minutes. He had an absolutely out-of-this-world conversation with a truly, like, a guy that we all three of us have got to watch grow. He, he went to our high school. Some of us known him before high school. He played football with two of our guys on the show. Right. And this this kid, man, we, we want to put you all on him. We feel like he's he doesn't get enough uh, coast-to-coast love. He's a freshman right now out of Michigan State University. His name is Cameron Allen. We're about to let you guys go in the foot. Jonathan Kath, Cameron Allen, 15 minutes. It's a great conversation. You guys enjoy it right here. What is up, everybody? Today, I got a, a little special guest with me. I know him back from high school. Plays Division I college football at Michigan State. Um, uh, for those of you who watched the game this last week, they just came off a hell of a win against Michigan. Probably game of the year, in my opinion. Cam Allen, what is up, buddy? Man, what's going on? Nothing much, man. Just chilling, coming off a fresh dub. Absolutely. Absolutely. So I'm, I'm going to jump right into it, man. I, I, I want to know what ultimately uh, made you choose uh, Michigan State because, you I mean, you had offers out the out the rear end. So what, what ultimately made Michigan State the – the option, the choice? Uh, it was a difficult decision, but an easy one for me, honestly. But um, the reason I chose Michigan State was actually was actually a really deciding factor was that I had a good relationship with my coaches. Um, mm-hmm. And I was the year of COVID, actually, so I didn't even right. get to take a visit to Michigan State. So I literally had to trust my relationships that I had built with all these different coaches to see which one I liked the most and which one I wanted to go play for. So I don't know what came in and decided that fact it was just I want to go play in Big Ten football. I want to go play at the highest level uh, competition that there is. Uh, right. I want to go play for Coach Tucker because I talked to him multiple times throughout the week throughout my recruitment and still talk to him throughout this while I'm here on campus. So, And then um, the relationship I made with my position coach, just building those relationships because choosing more of a uh, – of a dad than a coach. So that was one of my main concerns. Right. Yeah. And, and what's interesting about that is, you know, obviously uh, you were that we played high school football together and, and obviously the talent that we had around us there, we had a couple of guys that, that went D1 and I would always ask them, right. you know, yeah. what is the, what is the biggest deciding factor? And, and almost all of them would always say position coach over, um, over pretty much anything in the relationships that you build, build with the coaches. It's, it's, it's interesting that you say Mel Tucker, uh, because I'm a Bill, I'm a big Mel Tucker fan. I think okay. Mel Tucker is probably one of the better coaches uh, in college football now. What he's been able to do uh, is is quite frankly just uh, amazing. So, obviously, coming off last year, you guys were two and five, last in the Big Ten. What was the difference between last year? And I know, I know, you just got got into the program. 
but what could you see? Obviously, you be you're around guys, um, and, and you probably talk to them. What is the biggest just culture shift that Mel Tucker has has promoted there? Um, probably the biggest culture change he's impacted on us is just like the mentality of like this keep chopping thing. Honestly, like we've been doing that for a while, and it's just like a mentality to like even when things aren't going good. You have to keep you have to keep pounding away and just keep going because they're going to end up falling in your direction one way or another. And then another thing he implemented on us is that like like we're not going to have any players on our team on our team that don't want to be here. Like he says this thing like no hostages. Like we don't have any hostages on our team. Like everybody wants to be there. Everybody wants wants to play. Everybody's competing every day. So it's like dudes are out here. Everybody's competing for their starting spot every week, like quarterback, receivers, everybody, even starting receivers, stars. Like if you come out, he's he's real. So practice, practice is harder than the games. That's how we make it. So mm-hmm. he's he's implemented that real hard, just making sure that like that it's gonna be easy in the game. So he's gonna make it harder on practice for us to see who's really who can really do it, who can do it at practice when the stage lights aren't on because if you can't do it and if you can't do it in practice then you're not going to do it in the game right absolutely and it is crazy because you know I, I was watching the game yesterday uh and that was and that was the one game that i was looking forward to this weekend uh and i'm gonna be honest with you cam i turned the game off <laughs> uh after, pretty much uh after halftime i think i turned the game off while i switched it over okay um i thought there was no way in hell you guys uh, were going to come back. I thought I, I, I still think Michigan is a very good football team. Um, and one of my homeboys here, he, he busted out of his room and, and he said Michigan State tied the game up. And I was like, no way. <laughs> um, you know, you go down at, at the end of the first quarter, you're down 10 to nothing. Uh, they come back out and they score again. You know, the, it, it's interesting that you say just to, to keep plugging away um, and, 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 and just keep going regardless of, of what's going on. So, how much of a factor did did playing at Michigan State instead of Ann Arbor? How big of a how big of a deal was that? Uh, it was a big deal, man. Like it was it was loud the whole time. Like yeah. there wasn't there wasn't a moment in the game where the fans were dead. Like nobody, you could tell we came out for halftime. You know, sometimes people are gone. The fan, the crowd is kind of empty. There was I, I the crowd looked the same. I kid you not through first quarter through the whole game, like, and it was loud the entire time. No matter if it was first down, second down, third down, no matter what it was, they were loud. They were into it. We were down sixteen points in crowd. All of us sideline is still into it. I mean, yeah, right. That's and and that that's cool to see. You know, you you obviously you just did just come off a big win against Michigan. Um, you guys are ranked eighth. They were ranked sixth. What was the level of confidence going into the game? I mean, obviously you have to have confidence going into the game, uh, but was there ever really a doubt? Uh, no, honestly. Like, um, before the start of the season, um, Coach Tucker addressed us and he told us, he was like, there's not a there's not a game on our schedule that we can't win. And there's not a game on our schedule that we can't lose. Because that's just a type of um, – that's the t- level of competition that we're on. It's right. like – any game can go any way, and we just you just got to keep keep going at it and keep keep pounding away because things things will happen. Like you, mo, there's momentum swings in the game. It's just the 
momentum it's not who has the momentum it's who's able to handle the other opponent having the momentum how can you get the momentum back on your team and I think that's that's really what we did like even when we were down 16 in the game there was never no doubt on the sideline nobody yelling cursing none of that because I mean it's like we're 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 a team that like we know that these things are going to happen so it's like we're able to adjust to it we know we need to do to step up and then that's what we do yeah and it definitely helps you've got Kenneth Walker on your team um I'm gonna gonna divert a little bit here watching the game there was not a single person that could stop that man uh how how just amazing of a football player is Kenneth you you get you get a, a better look at it than anybody else uh yeah he's built different like like he moves like a robot, like yeah. fast, fast ass robot, like that nobody can stop. It's just, it's crazy because like I remember from the first day, we both got on the campus on the same day. So like ah, like I've been with him since since the start. We both been in each other. Like I got his, right. like we we keep in touch. So it's just crazy to see that like I knew from the first day that he stepped on stepped on campus that he was crazy. Like the way like we would be doing walk through, we doing like jog throughs, and he was like still killing everybody in practice and he's like it's like he's making cuts and stuff that's like crazy and it's like like where did this dude come from like why is he is why is he like here type like he's like i don't know yeah whoever, he's, I, he came from he came from wake forest and whoever uh-huh. let him, whoever let him leave it's crazy yeah i mean he's definitely thrown his name into the heisman conversation uh this year especially i mean he rushed for 200 yards and five touchdowns uh, I mean, it was it, it was insane. I mean, I, I've definitely uh, been keeping track of Kenneth, but but I, I definitely think this this was his, you know, big wake up game. Especially Michigan's defense is is, is fairly good. So um, moving on, moving on a little bit from there. So I I have you guys after this this last Michigan game. Uh, I have you guys in the top four. Um, you still have Ohio State and Penn State to go. Probably your two. Uh, you, could absolutely argue it's probably going to be your two toughest games of the year, maybe this Michigan game. Um, what what is the confidence going into the game first off, and then and then what do you guys need to do uh, to win out the rest of the year? Um, I say the confidence is pretty normal. I mean, we don't we we got our twenty four hour rule, so we already done got our dub out the way. It's already been our twenty four hours, so we're already focusing on the next. We can't let. We can't let the last week affect what we do this week. So we got to keep, we got to come back this week and practice and keep doing the same things. And right. the way we keep rolling, we keep rolling into these wins. It's just, we keep focusing on ourselves. Like Coach Tucker um, stresses us every week. Like we don't have to, we don't have to do anything special as long as we do what we're supposed to do and we focus, we focus on ourselves then everything right. will handle itself. You don't have to force anything, try to make anything happen. You use, you do simple better. You do simple better. You do your, uh, you have your best technique, fundamentals, and you play smart and fast. That's, those are our, our five things that we live by. So you just got to keep keep going at it and just stay consistent with it. Don't let, don't let, um, don't let one thing. Don't let don't let the past week affect your new uh, next week because that's how you get lost in thinking that you're that you're arrived and that you're here when we just right. we're not even nowhere near where we want to be because we still some people still don't respect us. 
Oh, absolutely. I mean, that's going to be my next question. But before I get to that, uh, so week 10 and week 11, your next two weeks, you're playing lesser of teams than what you just did this last week. Uh, you're playing Purdue this next week. Um, and, and then the following week, you've got you've got Maryland. And not, I'm not taking anything away from those guys. They're still Division One football programs. Uh, they're good football teams. Is it difficult to to not overlook these teams like a Purdue or a Maryland and just jump to week 12 uh, and, and, and just think about the Ohio State game? I mean, is that difficult or, or what? Um, sometimes it can be difficult when, you, uh, when you're thinking about it like that, but we try not to go about, go about things a certain way. We, our, our uh, opponent is faceless. So that's how we look at it. So yeah. no matter who we're playing or when we're playing, that, that opponent doesn't have a face. So we're going to do the same thing. We're going to do the same thing, everything that we do the last right. week, the week before that, and just keep on building on top of that. We just because, I mean, we've come so far now, so we can't let anything stop us. Right. You know, you, 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 you touched on that people still don't respect you, and I 100% agree with you. Um, I'm not really a big committee fo- uh, fan. I don't really think the committee gets anything right. Um, but I, I will say some people had Michigan State finishing in the bottom of the Big Ten again this this year here. What what are your feelings towards that? And then, I mean, have you guys used that as like a fuel? I mean, have you used that as a – as an underdog mentality that nobody respects you and you're just going to go out there and play good football and, and, and show them what you guys are capable of. Oh yeah. It's definitely fooled us. We've been talking about it. Uh, uh, fueled us. I mean, we've been talking about this since spring ball. Um, and we had it on one of our, uh, we had it showing on one of our screens in the T te- and uh, our locker room and stuff around the facility of the article saying that we were one of the worst teams along with some other teams. Right. Um, well, yeah, we definitely let that fuel us because it's like we – I mean, like I knew I knew from day one what Coach Tucker was capable of because I could see the things that he was doing. And people didn't understand, like, that last year was like everybody thought that Coach Tucker was going to have, like, one more year to adjust. He told us, he was like, I'm not – I don't need another year. He was like, we can do this. We can do this right now. And it's like I committed to Coach Tucker when we were – before the season and it even started. And then we went two and five and I was still committed because I knew right. I could see, I could see what he was building. And that's something that I want to be around, which is why we're having the success we are now because we're doing the little things right. We're paying attention to our nutrition, making sure we're getting the right amount of sleep, doing the right things during our practice and making sure everything's right. So that way everything's taken care of itself. There's a, there's a winning formula and it's working, so we just keep doing those same things, and then we should be expecting the same outcome. Right. Are any of you guys shocked? I mean, honestly, are any of you guys shocked that this was happening, or, or are you not because you know the time and effort and you've got a phenomenal coach? Not at all, honestly, because I, when, when I first got there, because um, just being from high school, I mean, I don't know what other college teams look like, but when I got there, I was asking the players, like I asked like my one of my tight I was like, do we look better? Like, do we look better than last year? It's like we look way better. Like, yeah, like I think COVID. Like, we didn't. They didn't have no no um, off season program because of COVID. There was no off season. There was no spring ball. There was barely fall camp. And then even when you were practicing, you weren't practicing with the full team. So it's just uh, like 
found out, man, I feel like everything kind of just like, everything came in the right place and at the right time. Like everybody, everybody knew what needed to be done. Everybody's grinding hard in the weight room, uh, sprints, getting, watching extra film. Everybody's doing the little things that counts to make sure that we were good. And it's just like, I feel like the more, the more you study, the more technique, the more, the more little things that you do right, the more success your program is going to have. And I feel like we started doing those things and everybody knew like we had a great football team. As soon as right. fall camp started, as soon as fall camp started, everybody, we kind of like, you could see all the pieces being put together. Cause of course we got some, uh, some dudes from the portal that are helping our team even before uh, some, some, uh, some dudes that got here in the, in the summer. So we put all those trains together, got all those dudes right. And now we roll Absolutely. Well, listen, Cam, uh, I, listen, I, I really do appreciate your time. I'm really, really excited to, to see what Michigan State is going to do. And then obviously what you're going to do. I've, I've been keeping track with you. I've, I've read a couple articles about you. Uh, I'm, I'm proud of what you're doing. I'm proud of seeing all this positive stuff about you, uh, especially your, your leadership qualities. And, and obviously talking with you to, here today, uh, you're, I mean, you're a complete football player. So I'm excited to see what's going to go on and, and, and where you guys are going to end up. Um, I've got full confidence in you guys. I love your head coach. I love the football program as a whole. I think you made a hell of a decision um, and, and a right decision for you. Uh, so, yeah, listen, I, like I said, I appreciate you. I appreciate your time. Uh, take care. Uh, tell your family I said hi. Be safe, gotcha. um, and 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 uh, keep working your ass off, Kim. Definitely appreciate you for having me, man. Absolutely, I'll talk to you later. So, like I said, guys, that was an absolute phenomenal interview, Kath. We really do appreciate you sitting down, taking the time to talk to him, Kath. We'd love to get some of your mm -hmm. reaction, though. Tell me what you what you thought after sitting down with talking with Cameron Allen. Uh, I mean, it, he's a he's a phenomenal person, uh, in and he's an even better football player. Uh, and I think I said that on the, on the interview, but uh, you, you know, he's, he's very committed to Michigan state uh, and, and he knows uh, how good Michigan state can be, you know? And, and I, I also said this in the interview too, that, that I think that Michigan state is a, is a top four team uh, and they get no love. And so it was really, it was really intriguing to hear what he had to say about that and how they use that as fuel uh, to go ahead and, and um, just show the world what what they already know is true and is and that they are a, a phenomenal football team. I think mean, they're great. Uh, but, but other than that, I mean, he, he, like I said, man, he's, he's, a, he's a great guy and he was very composed, very mature. Uh, it, it's, I'm really excited to see what, what he can do. Uh, there's a, there's a lot of articles out about him uh, whenever he got out there uh, during like spring football, or I think it was, or off season or whatever it was, you know, people were raving about his leadership skills uh, and how he just walked in and just has his presence of just, you know, I'm going to work my ass off and, and everybody else is going to follow around me. I'm not going to talk too much. I'm just going to show you guys what I'm about. Uh, and that makes me, that makes me happy because that's the kind of guy that he is. And so he's got a great family. He's, his brother actually played at Texas Tech. Um, and so, yeah, he's got a great family. He's got a great support system around him. I was really happy with, with how it, it ended up turning out. Yeah. Um, initial comment, I thought the same thing. It was a great interview. Uh, I, I love the fact that we were able to do the first one with somebody we knew from back home. Uh, guys, there's one thing you can talk about Cameron Allen, the football player. Uh, Cameron Allen, the leader, is not debatable. Um, he's a great locker room guy. He's great, like 
You just want him around your football team. There's no way around yeah. that. That's who this kid is. He's great to have. He's great to have close to your football team. And he makes guys better. He makes the locker room better to be in. Like I said, we really did appreciate Cam sitting down with us. We appreciate him taking the time. Y'all go over, check him out on Twitter. We're going to drop that at with our episode. Go ahead and show him some love. Tell And like I said, guys, y'all let us know what y'all think about that interview too. Tell us what y'all thoughts on Cam, what y'all think. He'd love to hear that feedback, I'm sure. Guys, real quick Absolutely. before we get out of here, any any final thoughts from over the weekend we have? We'll start with you, Mikey. Tell me what you thought from the weekend. Anything you, you missed on the show? Um, LeBron turn, uh, returning to the Lakers lineup, getting a win over the Cavs. Um, Good win. Needed him, that. Him, Anthony Davis, and Russell Westbrook all played pretty well. So we'll see how this, um, you know, how if they can keep it rolling. But uh, it's not really nothing to get excited about because it was the Cavs. So we'll, <laughs> we'll see. Cad, throwing it over to you, man. Give me some uh, re- reaction from over the weekend. Anything you missed on this first 40 minutes of our week? Well, this was a terrible uh, weekend in sports for me. Um, so uh, Texas Tech got blown out. And then uh, the next day they ended up uh, – the, the guy that we wanted to, to hire, he ends up signing a contract extension, Jeff Trailer. So it was bad there. I do want to uh, give a little bit of a shout-out, um, and I hope you guys will maybe take some time and, and um, maybe research this or, or look into it. Uh, over the weekend, uh, Utah football retired uh, number 22 – means a little bit something to me because the two guys that are uh, remembered there, I played against them. I'm, I'm, I played with them. I've practiced with them, you know, the whole thing. So um, I'm really, really happy. Absolutely devastating what happened. Ty Jordan uh, passed away, sadly, uh, Christmas last year, and then Aaron Lowe just a couple of months ago, so or just last month. Uh, so it really, really hits home. I hope you guys can uh, maybe go and watch their stories, watch what Utah had to say about them, uh, show them some love. Pac-12 did a phenomenal job. They outlined the 22-yard line uh, in red in remembrance of them. So I just wanted to give a little bit of shout-out to them. They are phenomenal people. Their family is amazing, um, and it's just a tragedy. Yeah, um, one thing we want to add on to that, uh, we definitely have hearts on inside the lunch table. We uh, have feelings just like you guys do at home, and that one struck us, like I said, hometown kids. We uh, born and raised in the city. It's tough to see, and like I said, prayers out to those guys. Uh, Lots of Mm. love. To the Pac-12, they did handle, like Cap said, absolute professionals. They did. Yeah. They really did put on a show for those guys. Uh, great kids. They deserved it. Um, shout out to the Pac-12. That was a good final take, Kath. I really did appreciate that. Yeah. Real yeah. quick, before before we get out of here, um, I don't got a lot. Like I said, Mavs played shaky over the weekend. Uh, still need Luka to knock down threes. I was happy with my Cowboys win. And uh, I was pretty was pretty happy with this episode, guys. It was a good start to the week. We appreciate everybody tuning in. Like I said, guys, go over on Twitter. Check us out. Get this episode trending. We want to get that Cameron Allen interview in front of as many ears as we can. We appreciate you guys tuning in. We'll be right back here on Wednesday, probably talking some more NBA on Wednesday. I know we didn't do a lot of that today. College football, too. Into it. Oh, yeah, we got plenty of college football. Kath is uh-huh. hot about this UTSA guy. Maybe, we maybe will that, make sure. Maybe that World Series will be over by then. Hey, yeah, maybe uh. my, my Astros will be put into the ground. Hopefully not. <laughs> guys, y'all enjoy the start of y'all's weeks. Have a good Tuesday. We'll be right back here on Wednesday. Y'all be safe. Like I said, go over. Give us some love on Twitter. Y'all be careful guys